Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Book your flu vaccination online today at chemistwarehouse.co.nz. This is Pacific Flair with Peter Alatini and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. No, far better looking than Ricardo Ball, to be fair. Mark Watson with you. Alongside of me, uh, Peter Alatini. Peter, good evening. Welcome. Good evening to all our listeners uh, to Pacific Flair. Always good to see you, Wano. Yeah, fair to say you're an intelligent man. You're an intelligent man. Good looking man too, <laughs> mate. Good looking man. Uh, look, a week, a week off for uh, Moana Pacifica probably came at the right time. They're at home this weekend and they take on the Melbourne Rebels. Are they going to win this game? It's going to be a tough one. Uh, I must admit, I, I, I ended up watching the um, Crusaders-Rebels game last week. And um, what a game. <laughs> I didn't expect that, to be honest. Um, and uh, they look they look, look uh, really good. But I think they've, they've always had those catches. So it'll be interesting to see what they put out this weekend. Yeah, and they've got to travel here. They've got to travel to Mount Smart. That's right. And it would be nice if we got a crowd in um, and tapped into that South Auckland, uh, that South Auckland Pacifica community and got just a little bit of energy behind this team because I think they need that extra man, don't they? Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Um, what I, and I, I always find it tough, the, the 4.30 games, depending where our crowds start, because remember Club Rugby's on at, at the moment too. Uh, that just started. So a lot of our community teams are, are all playing. Um, so it's always, yeah, it's always tough to, to get a good crowd, but they, they need they need a crowd like the Warriors do, don't they? Just to really, or, or like the how it is in Drua, um, to spur them on and, and uh, just just lift those energies to, to, to get over the board and, and get a win. Look, um, we spoke last week and talked about you know, having that succession planning and where to Moana Pacifica draw their talent from. And I sort of spoke to Sir John Kerwin yesterday and he said, look, the biggest challenge is actually just having some sort of pay parity, having that financial support to be able to attract the top players that you got the likes of um, Stephen Luatua back as an example, um, Charles Piatel. Uh, But that just got me thinking too about Pacific rugby in general and its origins and I sort of go back and again through Manabit Grammar but Sir Brian Williams probably the original yeah. ended up playing for the All Blacks um, guys like Mark Birtwistle, Mara Arthur Keenan uh, Tuna Uliatia, Pat Lamb those are names that I'm familiar with that you know I think were part of the Samoan team in 91 uh, who were those Pacific Island players that you looked up to that you and the Pacifica community were aware of when you were a youngster I think for me, um, growing up, there's definitely Michael Jones was in the picture. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and Raina Mala was, was definitely one. And, and I was fortunate to, to see a lot of the boys play in Auckland, the Johnny Nawamo, uh, Ironi Clarks, Inoki uh, uh, from Wellington, you know. So, so there was a lot of uh, good Tongan boys that, that were playing um, here in, in Samoan boys. Um, and... I think it was the success success of those boys into the All Blacks, which was also the success of Manu Samoa in 1991. 
um, Rugby World Cup where I suppose, you know, some of those were Frank Hunts and, and, and Toro Bahia and, and those guys going down to play for the P- Ireland. Peter, Fat- Peter Fatialofa. Peter Fats, Peter Fats, and you know, I, I had the, the utmost pleasure of playing with Peter Fats in his uh, 95, 96 out of counties. So these guys, these guys were huge, and, and you know, a lot of them came through the system here, but I think when they went back to their homeland, there was a lot of intention to, to go and do well, and um, and it's a bit different, I suppose, there was, you know, with where we're at with, with professional rugby, um, and, and, and I agree with, you know, we spoke about it with JK, where is that money that's going to come through to, to really take a ground to, to get some of these top players to be able to really build this team. Uh, Peter, I'm, I'm curious because we've talked in the past where I think the Pacifica, when it comes to family, it's it's far wider than, say, European families where it's mum and dad and there might be some grandparents. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the sense of community around family is far greater amongst the Pacific Islands. What was it like? For you growing up, did you just have mum and dad in the background? Did you have the grandparents? I mean, was was rugby the only option for you as a youngster? I'm just trying to sort of get some understanding of the Pacifica way of life and its connection with rugby. Yeah, I was no different. I was no different. What I had, um, I was one of seven, so we already had a big family. But then on top of that, we had um, my aunties and my uncles um, at home in our, our place in Wotara. So we, we would have probably had around 14 to 16 people at the house at one stage. Um, my dad ended up uh, building a garage at the back for the boys and, and keeping in the cultural values around uh, boys and, 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 and girls all, uh, split in different places, so what we call Dalhi Bar. And, and, and then so growing up in big families, yes, there's always a responsibility to the collective as a family, um, rather than just to to myself or, or my, you know, um, to an individual as such. Mm. And what about? I mean, you've got your coach on the field, but is there a bit of coaching by committee back at home? I mean, I mean, you can we, Dad can go. Dad can sit there and go, "Hey, look, son, you um, you know, you dropped that pass today," and joke. But did it go beyond that? Did you sort of? Sometimes, I mean, there's such respect, particularly between grandparents and Pacific Island families and your elders. Uh, was that ever a barrier at times that you felt may have gotten the way or that you had to be very diplomatic in the way you dealt with it? I was very fortunate right at home because Dad was a, a legend in himself back in Tonga. So um, we had the, the respect of, of Dad uh, giving us his, his wisdom as such and, and the way we played. And he was spot on most of the time, even though we didn't want to we don't like it, so we were we're fortunate in in the fact that the advice we were given uh, was through dad. dad. Dad knew what he was talking about, but there was no there was no shortage of the other uncles and and, and other ones, uh, other family members having their two cents worth as such. But but um but there's there is dad in some families, but um, for mine it was dad was my mentor. Um, so so as I was growing up, whatever. Uh, he advice that he'd given to me, I, I pretty much stayed, stayed true to that um, through and through. I mean, you grew up here in South Auckland, as you mentioned, and like a lot of young kids, first and foremost, you do want to be an all-black, it's the pinnacle. But you are Tongan, you're a proud Tongan, so how important was it maintaining that identity and how important was it having that Tongan identity and was it, easy, was it hard to hang on to it once you sort of got into the, you know, the elite ranks of New Zealand rugby? Yes, yeah, so it was. I'm going to be, you know, the, the truth was playing and, and coming up the system, understanding um, that route and pathway 
it was tough. There was there was different things that um, that you had to love, live up to in that environment and to make sure that you that we you were yeah part of part of the team in that time. You know, and it, and for me at the time, it didn't really affect me as such. I think it was more reflection now and having all these um, the opportunities of like the Moana and the Drua that you start to think about um, that cultural side um, that's really important and strong. I mean. To be fair as well, my, my parents again and my brothers, we, you know, we still um, stuck strong to, to our roots and, and, and our culture and always paid homage to that and, and mum and dad will always remind us. But but it was, it was tough trying to navigate that during the time and, and, and playing in, in New Zealand and, and knowing that um, the higher you got, the, you know, the more that dad had to count towards towards the, the system that, that New Zealand had. Now, look, I, I don't want to generalise and don't want to make a sweeping statement, but comparative to maybe New Zealand European cultures, uh, Pacific Islands very much faith-based. Um, a lot of players have, have a strong faith. So faith, how, how much of a part does that play amongst the Pacific Island community, amongst rugby players? And, and is, it, is it a positive? Is it detrimental? I mean, talk us through that. I'm just trying to get my head around it. No, faith is huge. Faith is, uh, and, and a lot of the kids would have grown up in the um, in the faith-based home back in the Pacific Islands. Um, it, it is one of our pillars that that, that we live through. Um, is it detriment? I think it's it's just a balance of it all, like, and the maturity of understanding the relationship uh, each has with God. I think for a lot of kids at a young age, because maybe it's forced upon them, and especially more so now with the, with the kids growing up in New Zealand or born in New Zealand. It's a bit different, and and um, and parents can sometimes, you know, they may see that and, and therefore um, be a little bit more forgiving. But then some parents who are real traditionalists will stick uh, to it through and through without really being able to kind of articulate communication back to the to the kids. So the kids can sometimes end up a little bit lost in in, in that space, you know. So um, it is huge. It, there's no doubt about it. It's it's, um, it's definitely a big part of um, of, of our Pacific Island um, culture. And, and highlighted by the fact that Michael Jones refused to play on a Sunday, and he lived up to that. He missed the semi final of the Rugby World Cup in '87, and he was replaced by a man out grammar old boy and Mark Brook Cowden. Um, <laughs> I know that. I just need know these things, Peter. But I mean, you know, that, I mean, you're Tongan, he's Samoan, and I imagine there's a little bit of rivalry there. And um, but, but, what what sort of statement did he make in doing that? Oh, it's huge because my dad was the same at their time. There's there's a few players that didn't play on Sundays. It was just beyond them to ever think to play on Sundays. But um, and, and but when Michael Michael Jones did it as an All Black, that was like. That was next upon levels, you know, and um, but just the man he is, you know, when you talk to, to Sir Michael, he, he is that way inclined. He's such a mm. humble man, but there's, there's that aura of him of, of, of being this guy that, that lives up to it as well. Well, when we were evacuated from Muriwai during the floods, um, one of the points of contact and one of the places where people were taken to was Trust Arena in Henderson, Waitakere there. And the first two people to greet you were Ronnie Clark and Sir Michael Jones. And I've known Ronnie for a long time through Mount Abbott Grammar. Um, <laughs> and, but Michael Jones, you could not get a more genuine, humble guy 
one of the arguably the greatest seven that's ever played the game. And there he is, just chatting away with my wife, genuine concern, talking about his wife, talking about the community. And my wife's very much along the lines of giving. And there was a Ronnie, you know. If you didn't know mm. them, you'd just sit, sit there and go, you know, and I, and I sit there sometimes and you can be a bit critical, you know, people, you know, a bit critical of the church and religion and stuff. Mm. But what you see in those guys is all the good things about religion. Oh, absolutely. Those two led, they led the way, both in, in, in terms of, uh, of of the faith. You know, they, they really lived through it. You know, and that's probably the biggest respect that um, was earned was, um, you know, they weren't ones to, to preach to you or, or, or coming mm. come through. They were just they just lived it out. The actions spoke spoke through it rather than than, than telling about it. The way they did things, the way they served. Um, regardless of their status, um, they were, and they were always there for, for everyone, you know, from young to old. I'll tell you what, and I've got to take a break, um, Peter, and then I'm going to come back and get you to give me your DHL Super Rugby Player of the Round. But, you know, the disappointing thing about a Ronnie? He's sending his youngest boy to St. Peter's, not Mags. <laughs> I, told, I, I, I told him, I said, you're going to have to go to the confessional, mate, not good enough, unacceptable. I, I almost walked out when I heard that. <laughs> Terrible, terrible, isn't it? I was like, mate, what are you doing? I, I still haven't forgiven him for it. I bumped into him the other day and said, I'm not talking to you, Ronnie. I'm not talking to you, mate. Anyway, we'll take a break. Broken tradition. That's what he's done. <laughs> it is 14 and a half minutes away from eight. You are, we are talking Pacific Flair with former All Black Peter Alatini. One of Tonga's finest, one of New Zealand's finest, and Peter Alatini as we celebrate all things to do with the Pacific Island rugby. And just thought we'd change it up a little bit, the bye over the weekend. I've just been curious uh, regarding sort of the culture and rugby and, um, yeah, growing up in that Pacific community. Uh, also, the influence that extended family have and clearly also religion and faith. Um, Peter, I guess one of the positive things that's happened this year is that World rugby, and I, I think they've been, I think they've treated Pacific rugby appallingly over the years. But this three-year stand down now, a lot of former All Blacks being able to come back, play for Tonga, play for Samoa, and hopefully strengthen up um, these sides at this World Cup in a really good way. And you, you can understand why players will pay for the All Blacks over because. It's financial, isn't it? As well as, I mean, it's the All Blacks. But it is a really sure. nice opportunity now for these players to come back and recognise their history, recognise their heritage. Absolutely. And um, and it's just thrilling to see that such names that um, that have made themselves available for our Pacific teams. And I suppose I just specifically look at Tonga and, and those guys that have um, committed for this year's World Cup um, the Fikitoa, um, you know, uh, Via Fafida, um, Israel Dag, uh, Butel. So it's, it's, it's so cool that these guys have, have uh, got a chance to, um, to be able within their, their, their rugby uh, journey to, be, to go back and, and represent their home country and such. So it is, it's going to help immensely. And I think um, and usually during the World Cup, it's, it's the, probably the best time because you get a, a, a longer time uh, in terms of camp, to be able to build those combinations leading into the World Cup, so I'm quietly excited, but I, I still do know that um, you know, in, in understanding how to put all those pieces um, right into this puzzle before they before they play in the World Cup. Peter Alatini off the bench. Oh, I so wish. I so <laughs> wish, Rodo. <laughs> you still look. You still, you still look like you go um, right, mate. You keep yourself in pretty good, Nick, bro. <laughs> 
looks at the city <laughs> nowadays, my mates know. I'd rather just look good and stay, stay outside and be free. <laughs> Okay, now I just want to acknowledge the Chemist Warehouse. Chemist Warehouse, the real household fragrances. Also, DHL, the DHL Super Rugby Pacifica is underway. Catch the action live on Sky Sport and get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Now, normally I'd ask you your DHL Pacifica Player of the Week, but of course they had the bye. So I'm going to ask you, Peter, from what you did see over the weekend, who is your um, DHL Player of Super Rugby across all teams? Oh, for me this week, I think I watched, um, like I said, the Rebels and Crusaders game was awesome. But before that was the uh, was the Drew and the, and the Chiefs game. And I'm just, I'm pretty impressed with this Chiefs side. They're, they're actually playing a really cool brand of footy. And, and especially in that first half in the wet, some of the skill execution um, by by the team was just outstanding. I'm really impressed with this Cortez Latima. I thought he was really oh, good and strong. Yep. yep. Halfback, but I'm, I'm going to go with Simpani Finau. I thought he was outstanding at six, and he's been pretty consistent in the last few weeks, um, and he's pretty impressive to, in both attack and defence in that game, so that's my uh, DHL uh, okay. super player. When we talk Pacifica flair, um, it's easy to forget the Fijians, but they are part of the Pacific. How tough is it going to be for the Blues this weekend sure. in Fiji? How important is it that the Blues score early and get up quickly? Because they do not want to be trailing early on in this game? Absolutely. What are, we've seen teams that have um, had the seesaw battle and over there in the last two games they've played and, and both Drew have come away with it. So, absolutely, they have to start well. They have to keep the pressure on and they have to stay structured into the game because as soon as it loosens up, these boys, and we saw it on, on, on Friday as well, but the fact that when they, when they get spaced and it's a bit loose, they seem to find spaces but it's their support play that I always find as soon as someone makes a break the Fijians just know how to get in there and, and be there beside the ball right so so it's going to be tough for full of blues um, but you know they're quality side so so if they kind of stick to their structures it'll be a tough one but but um, but Jarrell will be all fired up because this, this is kind of games that, that they pick up that could change change the whole makeup in the table. Yeah, because it was interesting with the draw against the Brumbies. There were actually points where they just put phase to phase after phase actually up through the forwards. We tend to stereotype, OK, they're just going to go wide and they're going to run from anywhere. But we are starting to see a lot more structure in the way the Fijians are playing, you know, earning the right to go wide, using that rugby cliche. I think so. And, and I think they've gone tougher. I think mean, their, their forward pack is a tough forward pack. Like, the way they carry the ball... Like you said, the Brumbies game, but even against the Chiefs, they weren't backing down. And, and those boys, a couple of times, um, had the will of them in, in, in close encounters. So, so it's just getting that balance right. I just know when it when it does open, just that I can just come, you know, the scoop pass, the, the flick out of the back, the, the actual flair just just seems to come from from everywhere. But and I do agree that, and I, and I you know take my hat off to Burns and his, and his um, coaching group for being able to to get that balance uh, better. And I know he still wants to work harder at it, but um, and, and he confessed that after Friday where he, he, he put his hand up and said he's just going to do a bit more around those little areas, which are costing them some, some, some of those uh, heavy tries from, from, from the, the bigger teams. Okay, Peter, we're almost at our end. I've just got your email. I'll send you through a copy of that Man Albert Grammar School song, mate, so that <laughs> you can learn it, hum it, sing it. I'll pass on my disappointments to Ronnie when I see him next <laughs> yeah, to the well, you, gym. Uh, you do tell him, mate. I'll, I'll tell him that I've spoken to you. He's a turncoat, he's mate. Not, you're not happy at all. No, at least you sent him to St. Peter's, not Kings. Anyway. <laughs> all right, Peter. Lovely. 
enjoy it. Thank you. Peter Alatini there, ladies and gentlemen. Another edition of Pacifica Flair. Uh, coming up after eight, we'll change it up. We'll talk a little bit of cricket. We will talk um, lots of other things. <laughs> <laughs>